Hello, hello, hello. Uh, this is again the Undecided Podcast, the one, the podcast where we figure it out along the way. Yes, we don't know from week to week what we may be talking about. And we'll skip a week like we did last week. Uh, yeah. So uh, if schedule schedule conflicts, yeah, nothing nothing interesting happened in the world, right? They're still going to shit, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty still, much. Joe still going to poop. Joe Biden still isn't my president, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> he uh, still isn't your president. Trump, Trump is coming back. No, oh, please don't. Yeah, he's coming back. No, he's, fuck he's that. Gonna make America great. Eventually, should be his. That's his next slogan. It's more, it's more reasonable. Like, you know? <laughs> You know, temper your expectations. I might get there during this presidency. No, you don't really want him to. No, I don't. Okay. I was going to say, because we're going to have to get the fuck out. Let's try another reality television star, you know, like. Uh, We've already had two actors in office, right? We had Reagan. What's the other actor? In California, we had um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. 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 Yeah, but like, he really, it was like relatively uneventful right i don't remember there being like um besides yeah him having an affair with the maid and having kids i mean what politician hasn't (laughs) oh no so that's nothing new you can't you can't pat himself on the back for that it's not kennedy before him no i mean he didn't do anything yeah he was like unmemorable but i I also wasn't really following politics as much back then either so i don't know i don't remember i was but a child so i was, a child. I was very young so oh. uh so uh yeah so no, 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 nothing i guess no nothing all right well so. i mean there's things that i could talk about but i don't know that i should talk about Ooh, them. interesting <laughs> uh so yeah so no i was at a i was by brought as i read about a do you like heist movies at all? Let's start there. Do you like heist movies? I'm a big fan of heist. Yeah. Are we leading up to what you're, what yeah, you're presenting sure. today? Absolutely. Ah, okay. So yeah, heist, if done well, yes. You root, you root for the guy. Yeah. Usually, usually it's like, it's like the guy, the thief is like a, a cool, cool cat. Likeable, <laughs> you know? He's Are you talking about 70s heist <clears throat> movies? No, generally speaking, like the guy has to be likable in the like movie. Like Ocean's Eleven? Right, like a Clooney, <laughs> like a Danny Ocean. Okay. So uh, so generally speaking, you're kind of rooting for the thief. And uh, depending on who he's stealing from, the, the bad guy is usually just like some douchebag, rich guy or whatever. And, and in this case... Uh, the whole Robin Hood thing, right? The bad guy here is uh, the bank and the good guy is just a, uh, a guy. Right, I guess. Right, and that can root for him because fuck the bank. Uh, so this is a story of uh, Anthony Corsio, and uh, this uh, little uh, thing that he cooked up. And but let me let's start. Where is he from? Well, let's start at the beginning. His name. I'm sorry, I'm he, over here fixing the fan. He oh. is from Monroe, Washington, and growing up, he was like an athlete or whatever, and he got like. He was like star. He was captain of the baseball team and the football team and blah blah blah. blah. He was just like you know whatever you know big fucking deal, right? He, <laughs> he was in high school yeah, during he, he what that. time? Like what year? I don't know. That's like something I should have 
written down. <laughs> These are deeds I need. No, no, no. I don't have this. Okay, but so I go do ahead. Know, but I do know that, uh, you know, he he parlayed his uh, athletic career in high school to an athletic uh, thing in college. He was uh, on the football team. Oh. So, but uh, he, he that. He went to, after he graduated of high school, went to the University of Idaho, and he was on the football team, but that really quickly went to shit because he started partying a bunch or whatever to the point where he ended up getting suspended <laughs> from the football team that first year. And his uh, sophomore year didn't start off any better because he ended up, like, tearing his ACL Ooh. during practice. And I don't know where on the body that is, but I'm told that's bad, you know. Yeah. Uh, so there ain't no coming back from that. So right? that like, so if things weren't bad enough, having an ACL injury and like your athletic dreams, you know, are going down are the tube, gone forever. Basically, he uh, as a result of his uh, injury and his surgery and his subsequent recovery, he became hooked on Vicodin. Oh. So, you know, a tale as old as time, right? Getting addicted to opiates post-surgery. Uh, so he so he gets addicted to them. And uh, he he, get, he gets hooked and he, to, to the point where he starts, like, hurting himself. So he can oh. get, free, get prescriptions oh. for more Vicodin, yeah. right? And he starts, uh, eventually, this, uh, he starts to... Hmm. Uh, Self-note. Forged, yeah, right. I was like, oh, you yourself to get drugs. He, 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 after that didn't work, he started forging prescriptions. Yeah, see, it didn't occur to me to hurt myself, I would have just jumped right to forgery. But he, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. So, this must have been during a time when it was easy to get a hold of a doctor's notepad. When doctors were using that, prescription notepads. I guess you just go to, wait, do they not do that anymore? Don't doctors have pads anymore, like prescriptions? Um, they do, but I've never seen it, like, at a regular doctor's office. They keep one office. Everything's done electronically now because, I like, know. and I have experienced both being a handwritten one, but also... They just send it directly to your pharmacy. Yeah, they do that. Like they do a drop yeah. off at your house. Yeah, yeah. But I remember being like, well, the my, doctor's office sends it directly. To I remember being in my twenty. I mean, as the last time, I don't know, pre-COVID, that I went actually went to a doctor's office. I remember him having his pad out, like if a yeah, thing that he carried. I think so like you can slip one. It's probably a smaller, a smaller office. I bet. Like, all right, now we're. I bet putting myself in the position of someone who wants a prescription pad. I bet that there's a way to find out where those get printed, specifically <laughs> that doctor's, and you can just get them made. I, I think it's just a piece of paper with the I thing. know, but I think pharmacies are hip to that now because they have to call in your doctor's office and approve the prescription. There's not just a I mean, maybe in you maybe know, Middletown, Idaho, you can like walk dirty, into a there's always a doctor with like a gambling addiction you know something you know people people are getting around this on the every day right like it's yeah it's because done. they go to different offices they go to they see different doctors ideas you know we need like how do we get hard drugs <laughs> from doctors and have it be covered under the insurance there's a new segment they're gonna have for the podcast where we talk about how to get illicit drugs 
Clandestinely. <laughs> what what can we break that won't hurt too bad and won't be long lasting? I'm looking at my pinky. I'm looking at my pinky finger. Where's my hammer? As you say this, I'm playing with my pinky finger. Pinky finger is like the tip of it. Right there. Right above the knuckle. You know what you could do is get like I ride a bike and I thought about like like you can just like fall off your bike and hit the curb and that's it. You can that's it. Yeah. It's even that. Yeah. And then they'll take tests and they'll be like, okay, there's no internal bleeding. And you're going to be like, I'm in, I'm in so much pain. I can't I need sleep. a lot of Vicodin. <laughs> I, need a lot of, I think if you said, I need a lot of yeah, Vicodin, like, they'd be like, not, whoa. Can I name okay. drop? You don't get to name drop? Like, but, <laughs> no. It's not recommended. No. Good to know. Yeah. So anyway, Anthony Curcio. Yes. He becomes addicted to the fucking, the bike, the Vicodins. The bikes. He, the bikes. And he uh, <clears throat> projected. Okay, uh, wait, I have to digress one more time. Uh-huh. I did not know this um, when I was growing up and, you know, dabbling. Uh-huh. But do you know what the street name is for crystal meth? No. Tina. Oh, yeah, I know this. <laughs> yeah, I do know this. Because if you see on Craigslist. Where the hell did that come from? If you're on Craigslist and you're looking for, like, Every so often you'll find someone who like wants to have a good time with Tina. Like, oh shit! Like, this Tina's a popular gal. Like, everyone's <laughs> looking for her on Craigslist. What? I don't know how Crystal Meth got to Tina, but whatever. That's anyway. what they call it. Uh, so anyway, uh, so he gets hooked on the bike and then things get so bad that his his family finally like intervenes, right? And he, uh, they get him into rehab, and he ends up. Uh, Coming out of the program, all fixed or whatever, he ma- marries his high school sweetheart. Aww. Has two kids and gets his realtor's license. Oh right? wow! So things are looking up uh. for him, right? But unfortunately, things are looking up in two thousand and eight. You, know, <laughs> you know what happens in 08? Oh yes, the housing market. crash of yep. 08. And if you have a realtor's license, you might as well have a gun in the other hand and shoot yourself. Because <laughs> what the fuck? What are you gonna do? So uh, he, so things are looking bad. Uh, he is, uh, things are so bad that he ends up like getting back on drugs. He's on cocaine because he's up all night run, renovating these houses as he's trying to flip. Right? Uh, so he's back he on. He can't afford to. He can't like. He, yeah. You know the house. Everything fucking everything's down. So uh, he. So. He uh, so he's left to scramble to make ends meet to the point where he's like starts selling his tools. He's uh, counterfeiting sports memorabilia to like to make money and shit like that. Wow! And uh, so so one day he's uh so basically like his bank account went from like two hundred thousand to twenty bucks. And one day he's sitting in a car that he borrowed because his car had been possessed and told his wife. Uh, he is in, a, in his parking lot of, uh, of this Bank of America and he's, uh, and he's kind of watching like the armored truck, like pull in to like do a pickup or whatever. Right. And he gets an idea and he starts, he goes home and he starts like researching <laughs> armored truck heists. Oh. Right. So he obsesses over it. He starts casing the bank and he, he buys like mortician's wax. 
to disguise his oh, face. Oh, wow. And he buys it. Disguise. That's what you can get to make something on yourself look bruised or broken or whatever, and then go to the doctor and go, oh, oh what happened, doc? Like, oh, you, <laughs> the doctor's not going to, like, poke it with one of those popsicle things he keeps in the jar. That's what that, that's what <laughs> those, the, those are used for the, those and, are tongue depressants. And they check for fucking fakers with that too and shit. Oh. There you go. Okay. They're ahead of you on that one. I guess so. So anyway, he uh, so one day he so he's like you know starts coping out these fucking trucks, and when they do the ATM drop offs and pickups and changes, he buys a dis uh a disguise like a landscape to look like a landscaper and he changes his face and he starts pacing mm-hmm. the bank, and uh, one day he decides he's gonna he's gonna do a, a dry run right like <laughs> to like he's casing it in like a in the bank that he's planning to the, rob in like the, the parking lot or oh, okay. so, so like what uh so uh he he um he he like wimps out basically trying to do this dry run he just there's like too many people around or whatever he and gets he, nervous he, he gets nervous and he dishes his disguise and his radio and throws it in the trash this is important because a homeless guy sees him, right? And but he thinks nothing of it, right? And, and according to one article that I read, he uh, he he actually chats with him for a little while or whatever. But like decides like, oh, whatever, this is some fucking bum. What the fuck is this guy gonna do or whatever? And just kind of like whatever, right? He just right. kind of forgets about it. So uh, he goes home and he. Uh, so anyway, uh, I'm sorry. Backpedal. The homeless guy is just like, oh, that's weird so he takes down his plate number oh and just kind of sits on it or whatever right does he gra- does he get the disguise from no the trash he just can- he oh, just okay. has like uh, you know like he just takes down the plate okay number, right so uh so like not far from the bank like behind the bank there's this like this creek that leads like to this river and he and it goes like under a bridge and like to the other side there's like uh is the a part where you can like disembark or whatever okay <clears throat> so his first idea was to like to ride a jet ski down this creek <laughs> to the other side right but the, the creek or the river isn't deep enough he, he actually tries to dig it up and make it deeper to accommodate the jet ski but it it's it can't be done it's too much so then he he settles on getting like a rubber dinghy, like a rubber tube thing, yeah, inner, yeah. inner tube, and he's gonna float down. And he pull and he he builds like this fucking pulley system, the cable, like all the way the length of oh, this fucking no thing. Way. Yeah, yeah. So it gets better what this guy does. Then he uh, so the other the other thing that the criteria of this heist was that he didn't want to hurt the guard. On the armored okay. truck, so no guns. So he gets mace that uh, he gets mace that like if, uh, he gets mace and even tests it on himself oh, to make geez. sure that it's like non-fatal or whatever. So then uh, the final detail, right, of this heist was that he lists he po- he goes on Craigslist and he posts a job listing for landscapers uh, to show up on X date in this parking lot of a Bank of America. The requirements were that everyone had uh, to all they all had they all had to uh wear jeans, a blue t-shirt, a blue baseball cap, yellow safety vest. They had to bring goggles and a painter's mask, and the position would pay twenty-eight dollars an hour. Oh no. So wow. fucking so on the day on the day of uh he shows up 
first before anyone else and he makes do like he's doing landscaping he starts working or whatever and pretty soon all the fucking decoys show up and they start to congregate and uh anthony the name of our guy here he sees the armored truck pull up and it, uh then the guy goes in i guess and comes out carrying two bags of money and fucking anthony rushes him maces him takes off with the two bags, runs off behind the bank, jumps in this fucking inner tube <laughs> and pulls himself the length of this river all the way oh to the other side. So, and he, he does this in like 30 seconds. Like he bum rushes his guard and takes the money in 30 seconds, runs to this thing. And on the other wow. side of the bridge on this river, it's like a, a friend is waiting for him. Okay. There was an article that said that it was his wife that picked him up okay but that she didn't know that he got okay. to he got to the other side and called her hey come pick me up or whatever and she didn't know or wasn't in on okay so like so uh, how how genius is that he have a shitload of people show up in four, the same thing in the same outfit four hundred thousand wow. four hundred thousand dollars he makes off with right so he uh wow he uh he makes off with it and he he goes to like vegas or whatever and parties and and while he's oh, in no while he's in vegas uh he like jumps on a coffee table and falls and breaks his arm or whatever and uh he ends up calling his wife and like i guess make good or whatever i guess had a fall they were like i guess because after he's robbed the money after he got off with this heist or whatever he started acting weird and she suspected that he was back on drugs or whatever. Uh, okay. So they, they had had kind of like a sort of like they weren't speaking really. Yeah. So uh, he calls her, tells her that he like fell off a motorcycle or some shit, broke his arm, and uh, they come. He comes back. So while I guess this is where I got my memory of this whole thing gets fuzzy, but if I recall the uh, they the homeless guy ends up calling it in, like, hey, I know you guys are like had something happen there or whatever like it's a robbery but fyi just to let you guys know i saw this sus <laughs> suspect thing or whatever like i saw a guy with a radio and a disguise and i saw him throw it away in the trash or whatever blah blah, blah. so like that so the the fucking and they're like oh i have his plate number here it is right so the so now the the cops have eyes on anthony right right and they they kind of trail him for a little while or whatever and anthony uh at a gas station or something he throws away like this bottle that he was using away using to like uh for tobacco spit or whatever mm -hmm. he throws it away and the cops dna like, oh, <laughs> dna match and they, they they got him like they got it and he ended up recovering all the money and he did like 71 70 months or something like that and in federal, that's it in federal prison yeah it's all you got like 70 months if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken yeah wow wikipedia but like yeah but that's a that's the story of fucking anthony which is like the it's like for all intents and purposes he got away with it you know what i mean like he was, did and too bad that his wife and kids didn't you know um get anything out of no, it no, 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 went, what was the point yeah oh he, my god i was like it was just that, that whole little, that one little thing where he that fucking homeless guy saw him. If it hadn't been for that, yeah, he would have gotten away with it. Yeah, don't trust anybody, fucking, right? Fucking homeless people. Okay, let's take a quick break. Let's take a quick break.
that's true, but it sounds good. What? What? what what's that? Oh, what? This Mama, podcast is brought Mama, to you? Mama Cass died choking on a ham sandwich? That is not true. I've heard that before. I've heard Like, sure. it wasn't probably from a ham sandwich, but... She was... A big girl. Anyway, so we're back and we forgot to say who like we if, are. And... If you told me Mama Cass died running on a treadmill, I'd be like, oh, shit. The ham sandwich sounds more believable than the treadmill story. <laughs> Have you ever heard the story about Richard Gere? And, uh, yes, and the gerbil. That's not true. I heard, okay, there's this great story. I love it. Uh, you know who Bruce Valanche is? No, Bruce Valanche. Uh, Bruce Valanche is a like prolific comedy writer. Okay, um, he's kind of a behind the scenes guy, but you might know him from on. Um, he was on the revamped Hollywood Squares in the nineties. Okay, he's that he's this big like boisterous, uh, gay man with like bright. Uh, oh, okay. Eyeglasses uh-huh. are always like different colors. Uh, he tells us. St- he told a story on a podcast that I thought was hilarious. Because uh, he writes for the Oscars every year. He does jokes. Okay. And he they asked him if there was ever a joke he regretted or uh, he wished he hadn't done or something along those lines. And he says, oh, there was a joke that I loved that we didn't do. And he says one time, but he says the, he said the reason we didn't do it uh, ended up being because one of the Oscars cameras guys fucked up and he cued something too early. So what happened was that uh, Billy Crystal was going to go out and do a joke about Richard Gere. Okay. But the camera guy who already knows ahead of time what's going to happen because everything's rehearsed or staged, uh, the camera guy uh, puts Richard Gere on the big screen. So Richard Gere's like, oh, they're going to say something about me, right? (laughs) And Bruce Valanche is standing behind the curtain and sees like that horror in his eyes like oh they're about to eat and that's not supposed you shouldn't know yeah. that something's coming right right so so and the joke was that uh that uh richard gear and the mouse from five goes west are going to present the category today together but that five was suddenly unavailable or something <laughs> like that right oh, no. they were going to do that joke at richard gear's <laughs> expense <laughs> And he says, we, I couldn't do it. I told Billy or something like that. He was like, I couldn't do it because I, I, I just knew. I just saw the look, <laughs> the look on Richard Gere's face. I just couldn't. I couldn't let it go ahead. Or oh, like. my God. So, yeah. But I that I wonder if that, that gerbil story is true about somebody. And, like, it just got lost. I'm sure it probably is because everything that could ever happen has probably happened. Right? Like, at this point like um i can't imagine that somebody in the world hasn't there's a i mean we did talk about bestiality on our first episode there's a there's a i don't know maybe you know the guy's name but i've heard a story that there's a guy maybe you can even google it there's a guy who gets off like he would hire prostitutes to lay underneath a glass coffee table mm-hmm. and he would pee on the table. I think I've heard this before. But I don't know who it is, but I've uh, heard that's a thing. That's some weird kink. Okay, so maybe another episode needs to be <laughs> dedicated kinky, dedicated blah, to blah, celebrity. Blah, blah. Like there was a guy uh Oh, it was a Hogan. celebrity that liked that. Yeah. Like Was it I, R. Kelly? <laughs> no. That, that's different urine related. <laughs> and then like the guy from Hogan's Heroes 
he was into like having sex on camera with like a guy he knew. Huh. No? Never heard that. No? Nope. Never and heard it. I heard. So what do you have for us? You have the. Yeah. So I chose um, to talk about Cobb Estates because I wanted to do something that's local to us. And I didn't really know the whole story behind Cobb Estates. Is that what the house looked like? You have this. Yeah. So that's I, up the street here up on Lake, right? Yeah. So Cobb Estates is, you know, top of Lake Echo Mountain, you know, where you enter, you know, how there's the iron gates that are there. So that was the entrance to once Cobb Estates. So, um, so I'm just going to, this article that was done, um, was in 2016 and it's the Altadena Historical Society. So I'm just going to read from this because they, I wouldn't be able to do a better job than this. So, um, so in, um, when human leg bones and clothing tatters were found along a hiking trail at the top of Lake in late February, 2016, another chapter was added to the long and colorful story of a property known as the Cobb estate but called The Haunted Forest oh, by boy. others. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> the hillside property has been the site of an unsuccessful gold mine, the grand estate and mansion of a Northwest timber baron, a Masonic retirement home. What's the Masonic retirement home? Like old, old ma only Masons can yeah. and retire? I guess. <laughs> uh, the retreat house uh, for an order of Roman Catholic nuns. Oh, now I have a question before I've already cut you off. When you say retirement home, comma, retreat house, it's the same house? Yeah. So this house has been all of these things. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was an investment for Hollywood comics, the Mark brothers who tried to have it zoned and developed as a cemetery. Now I didn't know, I didn't know that. I didn't know that detail. Yes. I knew they had owned it or something. Yes. That's so Mark's brothers ish. <laughs> of them, you know? We're going to move over here and make a cemetery. What the fuck? <laughs> it's also been the prize in a hard fought bidding war between a real estate, real estate developers and student environmentalists. And the supposed site of nocturnal ghost appearances and UFO sightings. In the heart-stopping auction at the estate on October 1st, 1971, the John Muir High School, which is in Pasadena, um, in league with the Pasadena Area Audubon Society and citizens who didn't want to see the mountainsides covered with track houses. They didn't come up with the name. <laughs> They triumphed over developers and saved the property for a nature preserve. The students' efforts have captured the attention of newspapers and television stations and cameras. Why are you shaking your head? Is that how I talk? <laughs> uh, and as cameras rolled over a crowd estimated 800 with a few on horseback, the bids quickly skyrocketed beyond the students' environmentalist limit. Oh, my God. As Shocker. the students scurried among the onlookers to raise more cash, even the auctioneer gave the students a thousand dollar donation to keep them. Wow. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> he said, I am with the people. I will bid no more. That's a lot. What year, what year was that? He later said he had been prepared to bid almost twice the winning prize 
price of 100 so the the um auctioneer not the auctioneer the uh developers said oh. that they were had been prepared to bid almost twice the winning price of $170,000 most of that came from a $150,000 check written just the night before by Pasadena heiress Virginia Steel Scott now I don't I've never heard of her but Apparently, he manufactured water pumps for mining operations. Uh, I've, I've never heard of that. Anyway, uh, so John Muir Teacher and uh, Conservation Club advisor Bob Barnes said the 11th hour miracle had literally come at 11 p.m. Awesome. <laughs> Club president Maggie Stratton's mother had been at a dinner party with Scott earlier in the evening, and when she told Scott of the student's dilemma, Scott said, send them over, send them over. Barnes recalled that when he and Maggie went to the Scott's Pasadena mansion, Scott talked on and on about every topic, but the point of the visit, giving them a guided tour of her artworks and even showing them three bedrooms reserved solely for her cat. I wonder what mansion this is. I know. I bet you, well, we could probably just Google it. Uh, So finally at 2 a.m., Scott said, how much do you need? So is 107 acres. Yeah. So, so obviously they, that money, um, was, you know, they stopped the bid at $170,000 so that the students could, you know, this is 1971. Okay. So, so they win and it becomes, you know, land of the state. Right. So the gated, so it's 107, 107 acres of national forest service property. It's at the top of Lake Avenue. Um, it's popular for daytime hikes up to Echo Mountain, where once the Mount Low Incline Railroad brought tourists to a hotel, dance hall, zoo, and rustic tavern. Now, I didn't know a zoo had been up there. I thought it was just like a resort house, like spa, bath, place for people to go, you know, um, uh like, well, what I had heard is that like people that lived on the East Coast would come out here, like this is the 1800s, early 1900s, yeah. would come out here to um, during the winter times because it was warmer and that there was this uh, place that they could reside and for, like, like a spa bath. It and, was good for the, for the lungs or something. Yeah. Like and they would just like chillax. Shit like that. Yeah. But I didn't know there was a zoo up there, but anyway. So the the twin Arroyo Rock pylons and the wrought iron gate stretched between them were once the entrance to the grand estate of Charles H. Cobb, a Seattle timber tycoon who, with his wife, Carrie, purchased the property in 1915. The property had been the Las Flores Ranch, where early settlers had done some gold mining in the Las Flores Canyon and had built a 200,000-gallon water reserve reservoir that saved the Cobb mansion from sweep, sweeping forest fires on at least one occasion and is now a property of the Las Flores Water Company. Now, I, have you heard of the Las Flores Water Company? Uh, yeah, I biked past it on the way here. Because it's it's only for like certain areas of Altadena, right? I think so. I don't know how that works. So that, like, There's like three water companies right. in Altadena. Yeah, it's very so strange. I don't, I don't know how, what houses they service and why or how the districting works. Yeah. So uh, not far from the gates. Oops. Sorry. Um, 
where did I leave off? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Not far from the gates in 1917, the Cobbs built an impressive two-story stucco-clad house with a red-tiled roof, a massive port cochere, whatever that is. What is that? Porte cochere? <laughs> and views to the sea. Can you imagine? Up there, you cannot see the sea right now. I mean, it must be like the the no the smog. What the smog that? and also all the shit that hasn't 19, been built, right? Yeah, 1917, maybe. 1917, yeah. Um, the home, befitting a lumber baron, featured beautiful floors and paneling of rare hardwoods and even featured an air conditioning system that was featured in publicity by Southern California Edison. An air conditioning unit in, in 1917. Up there. Yeah. And on a mountain. Crazy. Originally used as an escape from the harsh Northwest winters, the Cobbs later moved in permanently. A dedicated Charles, a dedicated devotee and benefactor of the organization of Freemasonry. 32nd degree Mason. Yeah. We we ought to do a podcast. Like and a, Knight Commander of the Court of Honor at the Scottish Rite Cathedral in Pasadena. According to obituary, obituaries. Wow. Obits. Yeah. Altadena historian um, says in his book, Altadena's Golden Years, that Miss Cobb managed the estate, having her chauffeur pick fruit in their orchard for sale. Very small book. (laughs) In local stores, while Cobb spent time at his office in Pasadena. Their son, Clarence, persuaded his father to finance construction of an auto repair garage at the southeast corner of Lake and Marchetta Street. Do you know where Marchetta is? No. Oh. That's just that the, the business may may have faltered um, as part of the building was leased to the county as a fire station in 1924. Today it is home of the Theosophical oh, Society Library. Yeah. Oh wait. Yeah. That's really close to here. Is that Yeah, that weird, it is, right? That weird library. That used to be the Altadena Library as I well. I wanted to go inside. We should go inside one day. I always wanted to go, but I feel like it's like I want to get like captive or something well i think it's owned by um someone lives on site though right i can't think of it right now but but well i feel like it's an old caretaker looking dude who like no it's not it's um with a runny nose and a hacking cough (laughs) (laughs) freak with a deformed hand there used to be um a photographer that (laughs) there used to be a photographer that lived there he was a, a playboy photographer for many years and that was his studio and where he kept all of his archives and everything but i don't know who went to after that so anyway miss cobb died in 1934 and mr cobb died in 1939 at age 87 leaving the property to pasadena's scottish Rite cathedral this is where the the nuns come in uh it's always sad and then because he was a mason right to a church It's like right below when someone leaves shit to their cat or some shit, I guess. Like the lady who had three bedrooms in her mansion just for her cats. So fucking sad. <laughs> uh, the mansion became a, a Masonic retirement home. And after the Masons deeded the property to the Sisters of St. Joseph of Orange in 1942, it was a retreat house for the nuns serving as St. Luke's Hospital on East Washington Boulevard oh. at Altadena's southeast border. No, that was just closed now. I had an MRI there. Did you? Yeah. Peterson recounts that the nuns sold the ah sorry sold the property to a construction company about 1955, and in 1956 it was sold to the Marx Brothers. The mansion, six car garage, and several 
outbuildings ravaged by vandals were raised shortly thereafter. Some graffiti concrete stairways are all that remain of the house. Although the Forest Service property closes at sundown, it has been a magnet for youthful and often drunken after dark thrill seekers and vandals. The yes. wrought iron gates have been smashed in at least once, but repaired and rehung. The large historical society bronze plaque on the entrance was stolen and never recovered. <laughs> one of, Hilarious. <laughs> one of Cobb's estate's illegal after dark attractions is the urban legend that the property is haunted. Bullshit. Websites such as Los Angeles is most haunted and Los Angeles ghost patrol feature reports of being followed through the woods by unseen persons or malevolent forces. You know, those people have free ghost ghost hunter shows. It's like the saddest type of television you can watch. It's, you know, if they had undis indisputable footage of ghosts, I know it would be on CNN. It would be breaking news, right? Like, right? Yes, it would be. Fucking go, hey, ghost hunters! <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, don't <laughs> give me something. Real. Don't, okay? Stop. Turn this off. No, don't listen to me. Go or listen to me telling you to stop doing what go you're hunt doing. A ghost. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, so brief appearances by a transparent little girl and a man and strange blue lights uh, that the trespasser later decided must have been a UFO. <laughs> and a posted comment to an October 2014 Historical Society blog post stated, as far as AHS knows, there are no ghosts haunting the property. Someone replied, that's what you think. Boo. That's the story of the, the, the cops. Yeah. So I don't. Do you know where those stairs are that still remain? No. Have you seen it? I've okay. been up there a couple of times. I've never seen stairs. Yeah. So so while I was researching this um, to see what people you know like were saying, and yeah, it is just a place where you know vagrants and kids I, it's a place for kids to party you know yeah, and it's, e yeah, it's e yeah. there's there's easy, no way to not get in yeah it's, it's easy, easy access. access there's no gates it's open trails yeah but anyway so i was doing research and i found this video of this guy who does like um you know he hears about places that are supposedly haunted or whatever and he goes and he checks them out on his own and so he went up to um Cobb estates <laughs> well i didn't get that far because <laughs> i didn't watch the whole video because his name is ricky rocket uh-huh and i was like that name sounds so familiar to me and i'm like ricky, ricky like why does this guy have to have why is he calling himself ricky rocket so i googled him and he was he was in the band poison from the 80s oh. which i used to love and i've ago. seen live what <laughs> Live so, but unfortunately, like everything that I read about Cobb Estates or any anything like any legitimate story yeah. that somebody had was like few and far between. Like there was rarely anything Nothing out there, happens. and it was all the same. It's like people wanted to be haunted, but people wanted to be haunted. Yes, yeah. just and there's like, probably teenagers out there who are fucking with people. Yeah, and like, like doing drugs and drinking, making out. And whatever and they're like flashing light because that's the only thing i i read was that people saw like weird flashing lights that came from nowhere or you know it's like i mean like if i were out somewhere and i saw a flashing light 
I wouldn't tell anyone about it because of the flashing light. It's retarded. Because it's a flashing light. What the fuck am I? What am I that's, a, that's a non-story. But I was kind of bummed that there wasn't anything more exciting about Kaba States. And I, that only a few people have been I found want, dead there. I want less excitement in my life. I want less is more, I told my son. Well, it's not excitement that's directly related to you. This it's is, just it's too... about the property. What do you find out there were? What do you find out there were ghosts? I feel like my it, then it, I would be up there talking to them. I would be like and be like, I need you to haunt this specific person because they're too close. That's too that's close, too close for home. you. Yeah, it's too close for comfort. You're, well, like, what? You, yeah. I mean, if ghosts are real, it's like a huge. They lie. are real. No, it's not ghosts. It's people that haven't that are in purgatory, right? That like. So you don't believe that spirits exist. Okay, but you're thinking ghosts, like, like yeah, it, they're spirits. You believe in spirits? I just no. You don't. I'm gonna say no. Okay. You know in what? Twenty twenty. You know what it is. You know what it is. Wait, we're gonna take a break, and then I'm sharing a story with you. <laughs> you gotta hold on to it. In a young girl's heart, I don't know the words to this song at all. Okay, I don't know. I don't know the rest either. Yeah. We were talking about spirits and how I don't believe in them. Ghosts. You don't. You don't. I don't believe. You know what it is? I don't believe in the afterlife. Uh, so consequently, ghosts and that's a package deal. But that. But no, it's not. The afterlife is there's, not. There's no after not. this. There's no more. There's, I die and that's it. There's but no it's afterwards. your soul there's no, there's no, lives there's, on. There's no souls, Tina. I'm no <laughs> so sorry if you don't want to tell you this, but you have to find out this way on a podcast. <laughs> are, At the age of 52. There are no souls. It's not real. Fuck off. Okay, so let me tell you my story. Okay. And then. Well, you, you can... saw a chandelier move in a haunted hotel. Uh-huh. Oh, come on. No. So in May of 2020, which was my 50th birthday and right in the middle of COVID, uh-huh. I had my, I had a birthday party here, but I did it via Zoom and I hired a medium to read all of us. So it was me, my sister, Tracy, Sonia, my boyfriend at the time, who I will refer to as that fucking asshole. Or boyfriend, <laughs> for, for sure. <laughs> And then some of my friends from like high school and stuff, whatever. And so this medium came on and he, and he tells you like, I don't want you to tell me anything. I don't want to know, you know, anything about what you guys are here for or hoping to get today. Um, You know, I may have positive things or negative things to share, blah, 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 whatever. So he gives this whole speech. Right. So he um he starts off with the ex and says that there is a friend of his from when he was in high school who was coming forward because that's what they call it right like because this guy has passed on friend of his from high school he had a um a red corvette and that he was telling him that they used to do like car stuff together or whatever. And then he started bringing up things that my boyfriend was struggling with and that his friend was telling him, you know, 
you're a good guy. You've always been a good guy. I remember this, that, and the other, right? So he knew nothing about my, he didn't know anybody's names in the room. Right. And it was true. I don't know. There was a, wait. Okay, okay, okay. So every, at that point, we were all like, whoa, what the fuck? Right. You know, yeah, like, wow, that's fucking crazy. Because it, except to the T. Right. Guy, you know, friend in high school, red Corvette, you know, the whole thing, right? It was all like right on point. And then um, he moves to me and, or no, he moved, who did he go? I don't remember. But anyway, so my experience was twofold. One, so I had a friend in high school. He was my first boyfriend, my first love. And he died of cancer. Um, And he, he wouldn't let me see him. This was like in like 2010, 2011, no, like 2012, something like that. Anyway, he didn't want me to see him, you know, like the way he was when he was dying, whatever. Right. So he only, he only let one person in the room with him at the time, but he was talking about me on his deathbed. Right. And, um, so the, the psychic says to me, he's like, you had a boyfriend in high school. He's really tall, long blonde hair, Played the guitar, check, check, check. Right. <laughs> um, that we, you know, maintained a relationship for, you know, off and on over the years. Check, 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 you know. Um, and talked specifically about him not being able to say goodbye or letting me see him before he died. I was like, okay. Then he brought up my sister who also died. And he said, I, um, he said, um, I see your sister doing this, like crossing her arms over her head. And he was like, um, she did not want to be buried, which we did. We buried her, even though we were telling our dad, she doesn't want to be buried. She wanted to be cremated. And so it was like, how the fuck would he know that? Right. Like that's random, you know? And then he also brought up um, uh, something with my sister, Sonia, um, something about a school teacher of hers who, who like mentored her like in writing or something. Anyway, we were all like, what the fuck? Like yeah. all of us were blown away and everybody was like, oh my God, I want this guy's number. Like he, he hit on everybody something very like, oh, so my friend, she is in Florida. She was on the Zoom call, right? And she's dating a guy who has cancer. And he brought that up and also brought up the fact that she was struggling with, um, you know, staying around because they hadn't been together very long. Mm-hmm. So he knew that she was dating a guy with cancer, that they hadn't been together very long, and that she was struggling with... Um, you know, cutting ties without, you know, looking like an asshole kind of thing. So yeah, we were all like, wow, um, we got to see this guy again. Did you see him again a second time? I've seen, I've seen him several times before that. Um, I actually remember when all this stuff was going on at the library with Mindy. Yeah. I saw him about that. All right. Yeah, and he he pointed out some things about her specifically, um, 
I mean, she's not dead, right? But he's a psychic medium. So, right. he, so I'd seen him about other things, but not a reading like that. But do you remember Barbara, the library director? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she came to him in one of my readings and he said that, he said, he's like, I don't know um, what this exactly means, but she's saying, I'm still waiting to see you walk down the aisle in a white dress. And Barbara used to say that to me all the fucking time. Oh, what? <laughs> that's crazy. I, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's one of those things that like I would have to experience for yeah, myself. Yeah, you, you would. I kind of, you know, yeah. Because it's like, it's you know, such a personal experience that I can, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I and have... I think that that's, you know, that there's, that we're all filled with energy, right? And so I think some of us are more in tune to the energy around us than others. Right. Um, but I do think that, like, I remember after my mom died for, for quite some time, I would hear her calling my name. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I would hear her not calling, but saying my name. And it was all, it always freaked me out. And I used to see like my mom's faces and other people. I, I would, I would say that. souls or spirits or energy or vibes whatever you're saying you want to call it i would say that it's probably an oversimplification like it's just a, it's as human beings it's the best we could do to grasp that concept i'm i'm willing to concede that there's more than this physicalness yes right but that spirits and ghosts or whatever is just like scratching the surface of that idea and i'm not satisfied with that with what you yeah, yeah. i don't believe in ghosts right i don't so, believe that i don't believe that i don't know i mean i think that things happen because the energy exists in places Should like we, I, I i one time i i've told the story before i don't know if i told you uh there's two at, at the house uh where i live at uh one time i was uh the way my bed was situated in the room it was like like the the if i'm laying like like this the 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 door is on my right hand side so, okay so it's like on this wall right here so uh uh, so what, what would happen is that my mom would occasionally in the mornings come in and she would kind of peek in, like call me to wake up or whatever, or sometimes she would uh, like sit next to me on the bed and kind of like, hey, wake up or whatever, and, to get me up for breakfast or for the day or whatever. And uh, so this was like a common occurrence. So one day I'm in bed, one morning I'm in bed and uh, I feel my mom sit on the bed next to me, right? And then she didn't say anything, but then I, I, I feel her do this. Like? To wake me, right? Oh, to like, okay, to she's like, like pouncing like, on the, yeah, like on the bed. Yeah, on the yeah. bed, right? And I have my back to her. So I'm like, she wakes me, and I feel her going up and down the bed, and I turn around, and there's no one in the room. It's just me. 
and mom wasn't there. Maybe it was an earthquake. And no, no. Like, <laughs> so you like, do believe it wasn't, that, it wasn't the room. that something could exist. It's just, I'm just telling you what happened, right? Like, it wasn't an earthquake. The room wasn't shaking. Something was bouncing up and down on my bed. That happened, right? And then the other weird thing that happened one time, I was at a... We had, it, it was in the same house, and we had guests over, and I wasn't sleeping in my room. I was sleeping in the uh, in the living room on this, like, mattress on the floor. And I'm lying in bed, and, like, I'm looking down straight ahead of me, and it's, like, a, hall, a door, and it was, like, the door to the hallway. And in this hallway, there's, like, a, a, moon, a sunlight. Mm-hmm. It's night, but now it's like the moon is coming shining on this hallway. And I was kind of lying there and I can't sleep. So I'm just looking at this door, door frame. And all of a sudden, I see like maybe like the size of a Rousey, but like transparent, you know, like this four something creature, four legged dog, something, but like semi transparent. And it, it turns the corner from the hallway, makes a right. And I was walking towards me in my line of sight walking right towards me and at first i'm like i think the light is playing tricks on me because i can't like i keep yeah. opening like squinting and trying to get like a focus on it but i can't quite and i'm just like i think the light is fucking with me and it's just kind of slowly walking towards me and i finally i call out at it right that i'm thinking maybe it's our dog <laughs> right because we have a dog on the same side i call out to it and as soon as i call out to it it stops in its tracks and it starts walking backwards in the direction it you came in. You were dreaming. No, I was wide awake. I, I was so I was so awake and scared that I called someone. So what is that if that's not a ghost or a spirit? I don't know what it is, right? But I'm just telling you that I saw something, right? I, I to me, and that to, wouldn't make you to a me, believer. To me, a, a spirit and a ghost has an agency, right? And like, there's more. That's a heavier idea than just an apparition, right? An apparition is just the a trick of the light or whatever, right? Yeah. It's a thing that appears and you can be explained away, right? But a, a ghost that that's moving, that's speaking, that that's uh, that's moving with purpose. Well, nothing you saw had I'm was just not, moving I'm not, with purpose. I'm just telling you what I saw. <laughs> and maybe maybe it was a trick or whatever, but it was I'm just not uh, ready to believe in, okay. in that kind of fine, you don't have to. All right, well, we out. We out, that's it, right? Yeah, that's all we got. You better like it or else. Or not, undecided, like. Yeah, maybe, (laughs) undecided.